This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story. The last three weeks have been absolutely flooded with hints, teasers, and downright spoilers for a lot of the upcoming sets. Beginning with the July 21st weekly MTG stream and continuing well into the next weekend, Dominaria United... Unfinity, and more got plenty of attention. That's right. We've had the release timing of all of these for quite some time, but other than the storyline taking place in the current era of magic lore, all we've really heard about Dominaria United is pure speculation. Many folks, of course, presume the Phyrexians are finally making their move on the plane that started it all 30 years ago. This theory is supported by one of the few spoilers we've actually gotten for the set, Evolved Sleeper. It's almost like the darker version of Urza's Incubator looking at that artwork. One could even say that the Incubator may have evolved. I hate you. Only because you lack my wit. Cultivated, completed, developed, grown, perfected, prepared, experienced, shown. I have plenty of wit. That's just rhyming synonyms. And a pun is rhyming homonyms. What's your point? That is not the definition of a pun. Says you. Anyway, the card depicts someone in a chamber that one can only assume renders them completed. Should have masked up and vaxxed up. Though there is that unfortunate element of our world that thinks that vaxxing up leads to completion as well, but that is, of course, ridiculous. Or there's the people who think it will make them stronger for reasons because mishra is always such a good person to be emulating clearly people do just look at the consequences to the timeline and while we're talking about consequences to the timeline another detail we learned involves some key players in the story jaya and teferi consequences to the timeline yes that is definitely a teferi thing so time shenanigans and stuff blowing up didn't Jaya tell Chandra that focusing too hard on stuff blowing up was what was holding her back as a fire mage the last time we were on Dominaria? Which I thought was a bit hypocritical, honestly. Jaya and Teferi aren't just old friends. They're old colleagues who seem to have decided to work together once again against old foes. They did it for the Cabal's resurgence during the set Dominaria, and now they're fighting the descendants of Daddy Yogmoth. Yogmoth. Procreated. Yogmoth. I met the Phyrexians in general. I don't think he had literal children. Oh, good. The little we've seen of the set, of course, includes variants, but the variation that seems to have no true criticism from the masses at large is the new stained glass basic lands. Fortunately for our ability to explain, these are exactly what they sound like. Basic lands with artwork in a stained glass style, minus the actual glass. I might see if I can get enough lands to have a mix of these and what Theros Beyond Deathlands I have already as my cube lands. They're so pretty. They really are. These will be full art cards, and in an unforeseen moment of unity, 
Many, many players, both famous and not, are already saying they'll have to replace the lands in their decks with these. But that's basically where the unity stops with this set. Long-time listeners know we're lucky to get even that much unity with a new magic set. But rarely do we get such an odd cause of division as we have this time. When all of the announcements were made regarding Dominaria United, we were informed that a random warehouse employee somewhere in the Pacific Northwest had also made a discovery of their own. This one of legendary proportions. Really? We're doing this again? What? How many times have we talked about you and your blasted puns? This was just an incredibly spot-on description. It's not my fault that you are subject to my punishing witticisms. Anyway, as my absurdly unsettled co-anchor was saying, a random supply of the Legends set seems to have been discovered in a random warehouse. This alone was a shock to the world, but what Wizards decided to do with the cards was even more so. They're putting it in the packs. They're actually putting Legends cards in standard booster packs, everyone. This is not a drill. In the collector boosters. That's an important note. Not draft boosters, collector boosters. And they'll only be in about 3% of those. Regardless, this will certainly cause sales to shoot up on these packs. Yeah, it's a bit suspicious, don't you think? Um, pray tell how. They just happened to find a bunch of old Legends boxes for the 30th anniversary. Boxes that might contain cards from the reserve list, which they're going to put into the collector boosters, which will almost certainly increase sales of this controversial product in a world where they're trying really hard to boost sales to fuel endless capitalistic growth. And because of the gambling effect, this will likely result in more money than just selling off the boxes would. So do you think they just printed them new instead? I think it's plausible. Yes, but you also think the Mana Vortex eats people. It does eat people. What's your point? That you are not necessarily the best judge of what's plausible. It's suspicious is all. We know some people chafe at the reserve list. Some of them even work within wizards. There is no group of people in the world that large that can keep a secret. You're the one who studies OPSEC in your spare time, so you should know this. Well, that's where sacrificing banned cards to the Mana Vortex comes in. Getting back on track. The community was torn between two opinions once it got over the shock. One camp is pleased to have the opportunity to open some old cards as Garfield intended, and the other is... Well, we've seen what the community can be like when they're displeased. We've only gotten a small number of previews for Dominaria United thus far, with no new mechanics being seen quite yet. So, before all the kicker cards get fully spoiled for us to discuss, let's kick back with Diz to talk about the huge batch of recent anthology cards. Diz? Thank you, Jake. Looking to the future with cards from the past seems to be a heavy theme with the anthology sets, and of course the newest two did not break the trend. Last week, Explorer Anthology 1 and Historic Anthology 6 were both released, injecting a new swath of cards into each format from sets that were not already on Arena themselves. 
It's hard to believe we're already at the sixth edition of Historic Anthologies. Is Arena truly that old, or is the perception of time being drawn inexorably into the mana vortex along with hope and joy? Anyway, Diz, why don't you start us off with Explorer Anthology? Don't mind if I do. We'll start with one of the modern format's favorite callbacks, Siege Rhino. This 4-5 for 4 mana not only has trample, but is basically lightning helix when it hits the battlefield. Joining it from modern staple land is Elvish Mystic, which is everyone's favorite way to have 8 Llanowar Elves in the same competitive deck. Aha! Just what green decks needed in Explorer. More good ramp guards. At least Abzan has something resembling a consistent shot at success. True enough, but those aren't the only decks to get a boost in the format. Hangerback Walker is here to play, giving the red-white artifact deck yet another mana sink. Two other notable injections into the format are Kalitas, Trader of Get, which has already proven incredibly powerful in the format, and Insole Artifact, which players have already seen present in gold and platinum ranked matches. That is a pretty thick list of callbacks. What about the historic anthology? Excellent question with an equally excellent answer. The inaugural Explorer Anthology isn't the only set to get modern staples included, as this historic anthology brings in both Tarmogoyf and Chalice of the Void. Ah, just what the control players needed. Another way to consistently counter spells. Would you care for some cheese with that wine? Um, I don't drink, I'm celibate. But, back to the anthology! We don't always get cycles in these sets, but we certainly got one this time around with the Bridges from Modern Horizons 2. For anyone unfamiliar with this cycle, there are 10 two-color artifact lands that enter the battlefield tapped, but are indestructible. There aren't many more staples that were injected into the format this anthology, but there were some hefty shakeups. Avacyn, Angel of Hope, is ready to lead the Angel decks to an indestructible victory against their foes. We'll have more specific Dominaria United spoilers and previews next edition, but that's all for now. Get. <laughs> It's time for a break, but when we return, new information about Unfinity is finally here, as well as an update on the Card Kingdom Union struggle and event details for Magic 30. Hello, Karn here. Do you find yourself in need of archaeology services? Do you find yourself suddenly without someone to dig up your septic tank in your backyard. Well, luckily for you, I have the perfect solution. With Karn's Excavation and Archaeology Special Services, I can planeswalk any equipment to any plane just to suit your needs. Whether you need to dig those ruins out of the mountainside, or whether you need a place to lay a foundation, just shoot up the planar beacon, and I'll be there. Karn's Excavation and Archaeology Services, found near the Caves of Coilos on Dominaria. Welcome back! Unfinity has suffered a handful of setbacks. Mostly shipping-related. Ooh, are we shipping Unfinity with Unstable or Unglued? Kit, I believe you and I are using that word very differently. Oh, you mean mailing stuff shipping, don't you? Yes, what did you mean? And now that there's a firm date in sight, Watsi has deigned to give us some mechanical hints. 
One such hint told us about what is easily the weirdest and physically clunkiest mechanic in the nearly 30 year history of the game. Even more than contraptions? Improbably, yes. This time, the set will let you put stickers on your cards. Isn't that damaging to the cards? They are apparently easily removable stickers that use adhesive similar to that of post-it notes. Huh. I'll have to do some investigative reporting after we record. Now, where are my post-its in that box of Modern Horizons? Get we're recording. Oh, right. Anyway... These stickers were actually the cause of the production delay, but I digress. The sticker cards will allow players to put new powers, toughnesses, and even names on their existing cards. But that's not what has people so hot under the collar about the set. For some reason, most of the sticker cards will be legal in eternal formats. They will be costed and worded so that they fit in with the untheme, but so they aren't very good in eternal formats, which does seem to defeat the point. For lack of a better term, the format purists are upset that they're even legal, no matter how strong or weak these cards might be. Other players have countered with the theory that the legality change is probably just so the cards can be put into commander decks with no rule zero talk necessary beforehand. Is limiting your cards so they're not useful in eternal formats, thereby reducing your design pool, really better than forcing a rule zero talk when you're probably going to have to have one anyway, given how controversial th this decision is? You're speaking about this in a surprisingly knowledgeable manner for someone who's never actually built or played a commander game. I read. Does that mean you'll read the cards you'll use to make a deck soon? Our next story! After months of negotiations, Card Kingdom has officially recognized the new union. July 26th brought an announcement from the Kingdom of Cards that stated the United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 3000, was elected to represent the employees. The monarchy said they look forward to contract negotiations and that they remain committed to being an employee-friendly company. We wish the new union many congratulations and good negotiating. Our next story, Magic 30, is scheduled to be celebrated this October 28th to 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the details for the Big 3-0 were revealed August 9th. The party will have tons of events for both limited and eternal formats, complete with single-day and full weekend packages, both VIP and regular. There are even upgrades for the VIP package, which to me defeats the purpose of a VIP package, but I digress. You're not the only one with a bone to pick with the VIP packages, but we'll get back to that in a moment. The packages range from $60 for a single-day adult ticket to $700 for the Black Lotus VIP package. This one includes an exclusive secret lair, weekend-long access, and extra promotional merchandise. Too rich for my blood by far, but, you know, more power to those who can go. There will be scheduled commander events and panels from the Rules Committee, with big-name guests still not revealed. Speaking of commander events, you've actually happened upon what I was referring to earlier as regards the VIP packages. It seems that the command zone itself is only accessible to those who purchase a full weekend VIP badge, and that those who get anything less have to hope their casual play tables won't be co-opted by large limited events, as has happened in past events. But haven't previous events like Magic Fests allowed Command Zone access for basically anyone who specifically wanted it, even for a day? 
they have. And that's exactly the problem we seem to be facing. Most people were expecting that exact situation instead of the one with which we've been presented and are now finding themselves effectively priced out of going to the event and actually having the type of fun that they wanted to have. Well, that's not good for anybody. It's really not, no. It makes sense that some people wouldn't be able to do the trip due to flight and lodging costs or pandemic concerns. I understand that. But to be locked out simply because they can't also pay two and a half times more than the regular weekend package seems a bit absurd. Again, you're not the only person to make that comment. Wizards tried to assure people that the casual space will be perfectly fine and will function exactly as they want, but skepticism still lingers over that idea from events past. And the community is hoping enough pressure on WotC will change their minds about the command zone access, but only time will tell. We've been pressuring them to get rid of the reserved list for years, and yet... Well, yes, but allegedly there are legal implications to the reserve list thing. Next up, we've now entered the August competition season, and thanks to the newly revamped pro structure, the month is filled with possibilities. ISO, please tell us more. Thank you, Kip. We've just come in past the most recent qualifier weekend in Arena Open, with all quiet on the arena front for the next couple of weeks until the next qualifier weekend plans on August 13th and 19th followed by the Qualifier Weekend August 20th and 21st. Each of these events will be centered on alchemy as a format, so get ready for Baldur's Gate all over the place. For the more immediate future, we turn our eyes over to Magic Online and the recent Showcase Qualifiers. Saturday the 6th was a modern event, and Sundays was Pioneer. As always, a ticket to the Showcase Championship was on the line, leading to a chance at the World Championship and a piece of the $70,000 prize pool from the Showcase Championship itself. Two more showcase qualifiers, one popper, one legacy, will be held August 13th and 14th as well. That sums up this episode. Jank? Thank you, Iso. That takes us right up to our second break, and when we return, even more set announcements and information, the community's ability to rally around one of its own, and more. <laughs>
Welcome back. Recently, a beloved member of the community, Anomaly, has been going through some severe personal struggles. As such, the community is rallying around them to show their support. And we have Beth, Queen of Cardboard, to talk with us about how we can help. And we are here with another uh, news talk with Beth, Queen of Cardboard. Beth, thank you once again for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Uh, I feel like by this point, an introduction is hardly necessary. But why don't we go ahead and get it out of the way anyway, and you can tell our listeners a little bit about you. Yeah, my name is Beth. I go by Queen of Cardboard, and I am a charity streamer on Twitch, and I post content on Twitter as well. All right. And uh, we have somewhat of a more personal to you, at least, I believe, uh, just somewhat of a more heartfelt type of conversation we're going to have today. Um, so I'm going to let you take it away because I do not know quite enough about the situation to explain it. OK, um, a content creator named Anomaly had a medical issue with their son. And if you don't know Anomaly, they do amazingly fun TikToks, but they're also a bright light in the community and just an all-around awesome, awesome person. Now, their son, Day, has struggled with medical issues, but this just was overwhelming and he has been in the hospital for quite some time now. I'm actually looking up the GoFundMe for some more information. But basically, they ha went into the ER on August 9th um, having some seizures and other issues. So since August 9th, it's now the 11th. It's been in for a few days. And it's just terrifying. <laughs> as a parent of a small child, like you just never want to ha experience that. Right. So in that time um, on, well, actually it had to have been before August 9th. So they were admitted. Let's see when this was put up. Um, so on August 1st is when the GoFundMe started. So he must've been admitted before then. Um, but August 9th, they were back in the ER, according to Twitter, just so everybody's aware. I don't right. want to confuse anyone. But Day was diagnosed with epilepsy, and things are much worse. They just had gotten over COVID. And mm -hmm. um, while Day was sick, he had a fever and started having seizures, but he stopped breathing. And they were going to discharge him, but he had more seizures and stopped breathing again. So he is currently admitted to the hospital and has been there for quite some time. Um, so Brandon and his, I want to say spouse, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but Brandon Lee's brother uh, started the GoFundMe for a goal of $5,000. Now, I wanted to be clear that we have already surpassed the goal um, in 11 days by over $1,300. Wow. So that is just freaking awesome. But here's the problem with that, is that 
Lee has been out of work for two weeks due to COVID and then now another 11 days because of these issues. Um, of course, that makes paying any bills almost impossible. The medical bills that will compound on top of that after this are going to be really, really tough. I didn't set the GoFundMe, but $5,000, I don't think is going to cut it. So we are continuing on with a weekend charity stream in support of Lee and Day. And the outpouring of support has been amazing from both content creators and just people in Lee's community. And it's just really cool to see how many people have come together in support of Lee. Veggie Wagon, who you probably mm. know, uh, helped put together a group of us who are charity streamers or have done other charities to manage and get this set. And since then we have had, we filled so many pods. I'm actually going to go ahead and go over the pods with you. If that's okay. Um, I'm going to open that up. We have starting at 10 AM. You'll be on my channel with, uh, high power chat chaos and I will be there as well as Joe Johnson and the one Jame and we are doing uh, an auction for the fourth seat in several of these spots so right now the highest bidder can DM me and DM me their bid we're currently at $100 that will close after this so I do want to say the spot will be filled but there's no reason not to donate more um, sorry, I just realized you guys release on Friday. Maybe if you hear this early in the morning, you'll have a chance because this <laughs> will close at noon on Friday. People will be in those spots. We auctioned those spots off and we will be playing all day starting at 10 o'clock on my channel, 12 with Joe Johnson and the one Jame and a special guest. 12 o'clock, we'll go over to see Miss Eldridge and Benny Smith and Kuro Hitsuki and another auction seat. Two o'clock, we'll visit Coach J. Rowe, Davy Jones, Neo Royal, and an auction seat. At four o'clock, we'll see Love Dev, Veggie Wagon, that TCG guy, and another auction seat. At six o'clock, we'll have the Hermit Druid, Dylan, for, and Cam from Playing With Power, and Comedian Ian, um, and a fourth guest that will be auctioned off. Veggie Wagon will be hosting that, so that's just going to be all kinds of fun. And then at eight o'clock, we'll have Amara. Megan from Infinite Tokens, Maddo Raptor, and Foxy Troxy. At 10 o'clock, we'll be hosted by MTG Baron. We'll be hosting that, but it'll be a pod of Jarvis, Shannibal, Trap, and Fiesta Camel. And then at 12 a.m., we'll have Turtle Box, who will be doing limited gameplay with donation incentives on Arena. So we'll start at 10 a.m. and go all the way through the night um on the 14th wow i know right that's a oof, yes that's a, that's and a big weekend <laughs> i know i'm really really excited too because i get to do i get to show you guys all something special tomorrow night uh mythic gaming made lee a very special play mat and it, I have seen them. They are so gorgeous. It is being sent to me overnight. So hopefully tomorrow night on my pod at 9 p.m. Eastern, I will be 
showing you this play mat and it's gilded gold foil and it's just oh it's so shiny it's so pretty i'm so in love with it already those will be available <laughs> for purchase um through mythic gaming and mythic gaming is selling these mats for 50 dollars, and 35 of that will be going straight to lee oh wow so uh $35 of that's going to be going to uh anomaly. Yeah, um so they're only doing uh so so $35 of every purchase going directly to lead. They're literally only um getting shipping and cost of labor. So everything else will be going directly to lead. Fantastic. Um with the auction seats for the pods that you were talking about, uh, I don't believe you went into detail about how exactly that works. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, if you're still listening before noon, those, what you'll do is you'll go find one of the posts, either by myself or veggie wagon and whatever pod you want to play in, you'll see that, uh, creator's post Veggie Wagon has a huge list, so I'll provide that to you, uh, Nick. Okay. But you'll donate to Lee, post on that, respond on that post, and then DM that creator your receipt. Please remove your personal information. We just want to make sure that you did actually make a donation. Uh, and we'll let you know if you're the high donor or not. And if you're not, you can make a bigger donation or you don't have to. It's totally up to you. Um, but the highest owner will be reached out to on Friday afternoon. We'll get you set up with whatever you need to play. Make sure that you have your webcam and everything for spell table and help you get set up with an account if you need that as well. And then on Sunday, we'll get you into your pod and you'll be playing with those creators. All right. Sounds pretty great. Um, was there anything else that you wanted, needed, or could tell us about the event before we sign off? Um, I just want to say one more time, every time we have something like this happen, the magic community steps up and steps out and impresses me. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for being here for Lee. Um, and thank you, Nick, for allowing me the opportunity to record this portion and put this out there again so that we can get as many people interested and watching and helping us out. It's just always so cool to see the community step out like this. No, it's our absolute pleasure to uh, to have guests like you on when it comes to events like this. Um, and on that note, thank you once again for joining us and thank you for sharing this event with uh, ourselves and our listeners. Thank you so much. Our next story. The Jumpstart set was a rousing success with the Magic consumer base and we have long been promised a second edition. And that was all the way back in 2020. Since then, we've seen standard set after standard set and an obscene number of commander decks, but still no Jumpstart 2. Well, gentle listener, wait no longer. No longer than four months, anyway. December 2nd, 2022 has been named as the officially official release date. And since we know exactly nothing else aside from that, on to our next and final story. 
The long-promised Pioneer Challenger decks have joined the latest list of Mana Vortex shipping delay victims. The Mana Vortex cares not for your silly mortal scheduling, only about what will sate its hunger. Which apparently is timely shipping. Among other things. Among other things. On that note, that's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.